Hello and welcome to this episode of Scotland Matters, the Scottish Land and Estates podcast. I'm Carmen McPherson, Membership Communications Manager at SLE. Awareness continues to grow around the importance of taking care of our mental health. This time of year in particular has the potential to negatively impact everyone, and not least those in rural areas. Shorter daylight hours, poor digital connectivity, and the fear of confiding in others are all contributing factors. In this episode, you'll hear our Policy Advisor on Rural Communities, Sarah Madden, and our Business Development Manager, Hannah Lloyd, in conversation with Jim Hume, Director of Policy, Public Affairs and Communications at Change Mental Health. Expect to hear answers to questions including, what should you do if someone confides in you and they are concerned about their mental well-being? What are some common signs of poor mental health? And what can employers do to take care of their employees? Now I'll hand over to Sarah, Hannah and Jim. Today we're discussing rural mental health, something a little bit different for SLE, but as the um, cold and dark nights draw in and in the wake of cost of living crisis and um, coming out of the COVID pandemic, many of our members live and work in rural areas and are also major employers, so it felt like a good time to pick this up and um, hear some expertise from Jim. Mm Um, Jim, could you just give us a bit of background about yourself, a bit about your organisation and some of the advice and services you offer? Absolutely, yes, and thanks very much to SLE for uh, asking us uh, along today. So myself, I'm very much from a rural background, a remote Mm. rural area, hill farmer uh, by (laughs) birth and uh, from most of my my career. had a, a little time in the Scottish Parliament as an MSP mm-hmm. where I concentrated on mental health and of course kept an interest in rural affairs etc, was on the rural affairs etc committee and uh, coming out of the Parliament um, focused on rural mental health with the, the, the mental health charity Change Mental Health. Change Mental Health has been on the go for actually over 51 years, it's had a couple of name changes during that time but it's Change Mental Health, they have about 160 employees working from Caseness down to Galloway mm. and uh, lots of places in between. Mm. So very much a, a focus on rural Scotland. About 80% of the 7,000 plus people that we support are actually living in rural Scotland. Mm-hmm. They're not all land-based, but they're living in rural. I think it's important to have that that, that definition there. So we came from a, an organisation that very much... Uh, supported people with mental illness that's where you have a diagnosis Mm -hmm. and some serious diagnosis at that which we still do so people with schizophrenia people with psychosis etc but we do much more than that so we we have lots of carers supporting people Mm -hmm. from day to day help people actually live uh, uh, as a good a life as they they can Mm -hmm. but we also try to go a little bit upstream to prevent people getting into such situations. So we encourage uh, and provide mental health training for mm-hmm. uh, individuals. Now that can be for any business, but in rural areas we've actually got some support to uh, give free mental health training to uh, organisations below 50 employees, which mm-hmm. I think many of your mm-hmm. your membership will, will yeah, be, definitely. of course, and just in, even individuals that live in rural areas. So that's something that's really useful because um, we're all maybe more aware of uh, mental health and the fact that it can actually affect anyone nowadays, of mm-hmm. course, um, but people are often unsure how to 
uh, support someone or if they should mm-hmm. ask. They should always ask. Mm-hmm. But then it's really important to know how to ask and how to listen and how to not fill in the blanks and how not to uh, um, try and jump to solving things right there and yeah. then, which is totally natural to do. So that gives us gives people ideas about how to uh, support the people, but also where to then uh, connect them to support. I don't mm-hmm. like saying signposts because that means you're pushing them away. Connect them mm-hmm. to support, I think, is important. Other things that may be useful we have for 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 your membership and and some of uh, their employees would be a, we have an advice and support uh, service where people can phone they don't have to go through doctors or anything like that there may be concerned maybe have money issues and we can give advice on mental health on money advice mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so these are some of the things we do. We also teach teachers in schools about mm. mental health so they can support children mm. better is some of the other things we do. A couple of the other projects, just um, we have a pilot project at the moment in Ayrshire and, um, and Highlands, which is on suicide bereavement service, which is supporting people who have lost people by suicide. Mm. So we want that to be rolled out to all of Scotland, of course, but at the moment mm. it's... Uh, it's supported by government to Scottish government to uh, as a pilot, and also uh, in parts of Scotland, others do it in other parts. There's something called distress brief intervention. So if someone gets into distress, uh, then uh, and perhaps emergency services come upon them, um, then the emergency services can refer them to us, mm. and we can we provide online counselling for for those individuals. Do you think that the kind of poor mental health is and the experiences of rural are are unique to rural or do you think they're experienced Scotland wide? So uh, so uh, uh, worldwide I suppose that anybody mm-hmm. can experience uh, poor mental health and, uh, and mental illness but um, we're evidence-based so back in 2016-17 we undertook research with Scotland's Rural College SRUC mm-hmm. into living with poor mental health in rural Scotland and that was talking to people who experienced poor mental health and to find out what their experiences of, of that are in rural Scotland mm-hmm. so that was a first uh, and from that one thing that came out quite clearly was that's a bit different to uh, urban is lack of anonymity and mm-hmm. um, coming to here today and I know half the people in here because <laughs> in rural areas people know each other. We have yeah. very wide networks and we're mm-hmm. known widely. Um, I would say more so than in a more populous urban, mm-hmm. urban environment. So that lack of anonymity and the fact that there is still stigma in some areas, mm-hmm. then uh, that that means that people are maybe uh, are a bit more hesitant mm-hmm. to, to get support at the earliest stage. Mm-hmm. And it's important to get the support at the earliest mm-hmm. stage, yeah, yeah. of course. So uh, lack of anonymity came out uh, as a clear difference mm-hmm. between uh, urban areas and rural areas, and the fact you're known. Um, do you think uh, that also, sorry Jim, no, do you okay. think that also is impacted by kind of um, societal expectations and kind of the perception that those who are, you know, farmers or work in rural environments maybe have like physically demanding careers so that they're strong individuals and so they maybe don't want to be seen as weak in any way or well, well, that that, I think that goes it? that part is exactly what stigma's about mm-hmm. you know the fact that um, if I uh, broke my leg or, 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 or something like that I certainly wouldn't be shy of telling anybody about that that's why it's really important to raise awareness and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know it is very common to have mental health and you can get support and you can be supported at an earliest, earliest stage is obviously the best thing to do 
Uh, so that's all about stigma and raising awareness. And that we do lots of work in that field as well. And we'll come on to the, maybe the National Rural Mental Health Forum uh, uh, later on in the conversations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think what else came out of that, which is really important and has influenced how we do some of our work, is in rural areas, people look to be supported within their community. Now, a community can be your your family, of course, that's a community. It can be your your village or your valley, but it can also be your your workplace. And that's Mm -hmm. maybe of interest to some of your your own membership. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're in a workplace and people have perhaps been trained in mental health training and they know how to approach people, then they can recognise issues at the very earliest of stages so they can Mm -hmm. then go and support that person because... Further to that, the research, sorry to keep going mm-hmm. on about this, is, but this is human experience, that's yeah. a better way of putting it. People want supported before they're in crisis, yeah. before they have to go to a GP, before they have to call an ambulance, before they have to call anyone. Yeah. And if they can do that in your, your community, your workplace, your valley, then that's, that, that's hugely more uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. It's about prevention and early intervention, really. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, poor mental health can be exacerbated by the time of the year. Um, sad seasonal affective disorder. Correct me if I've got that wrong. <laughs> and I think that's a well-known issue across the country. But thinking about that factor specifically, is there any advice that you would give to people, whether it's individuals or, or families, about looking after their mental health at this time of year, just in general and out with rural areas? Yeah. Any, any techniques for combating SAD? Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, inform yourself as, as much as you can about it, mental health, etc. If you've got, it, um, you're worried about someone yourself, mm-hmm. then do get in touch, and we can we can give advice over that. We'll get some links out on the on some of, some of the media, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But re- reach out to the individuals. Mental health can hit any time of the year, to be honest. But yeah, yeah I mean, that long dark nights can be can be a little bit of a trigger or not suit everyone. Mm-hmm. It can also be a very sociable time as well because mm. all the summers and the harvest works uh, <laughs> finished if you're if you're land based. Um, but yeah, so very important really to um, ensure that you are informed as much as you can about mm-hmm. mental health and realise that it's totally common and very easy to uh, support people if you know how to. As we've already said, many of our members and listeners will be rural employers. And is there any specific kind of advice that you would give or support that they can offer their workforce or key messaging maybe to offer in the workplace? Yeah, I, th- I think I think very much so. Uh, as I said about communities and people want supported in their communities, mm-hmm. the best thing, um, sort of way forward with that is, is to give awareness and training to mm-hmm. some of your staff and not just at managerial level at, at, at all levels because someone that's not managerial level may not want to tell their manager mm-hmm. because they might think that might um, might affect their job it certainly shouldn't affect their job mm-hmm. absolutely not but it's always best practice would be to train people at all levels mm-hmm. so that you can look after each other um, and we can help with that ourselves, or mm-hmm. there's others out there as well. RABI also provide uh, some training for some organisations mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I know that the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons mm-hmm. also do so, so they have got their Mind Matter initiative and and their, their support organisation called Vet Life as well. Mm-hmm. The Mind Matter initiative is, again, um, is uh, training vets in mental health training. As I said, we, we do provide... Free mental health mm-hmm. training and paid for mental health training, but free men- mental health training up to a certain number of years anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
for people in rural communities throughout, and RABI do that there too. So, mm-hmm. um, so there are there are different sorts of things you can do to build resilience mm-hmm. within your business, organisation, community. Mm-hmm. And do you get a good uptake on that across kind of rural Scotland? Like, is it something that you're kind of battling to get people to engage with, or are you seeing kind of no, pushing an open door? No, we, we, yeah, there's there's a lot of, lot of interest in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could really do with more and more uh, <laughs> trainers of course um, yeah. but yeah absolutely there's a lot of interest in that there's it's um, still a long way to go but uh, in my ideal world everybody would have some mental health training mm-hmm. no definitely and i think staying on the employment side of things and employer side of things from purely a business perspective what advantages to you know your business would you see from supporting people through mental health well i I go back to some research that was done actually by the UK government mm-hmm. back in, it was, I think it was Theresa May's time, where they did uh, they commissioned a, a piece of research on mental health and the effect on the economy. Yeah. So if you're worried about your business and the, the economics of it, I worry about the human beings. But if you're purely concerned about money, and this is before COVID and things did get a bit worse in COVID, uh, to say the least regarding mental health, but in the UK economy... Uh, up to £98 billion was lost every year to the rural economy in 2017 and up to 300,000 people every year lost their jobs due to poor mental health. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really important to ensure that your workforce is mentally healthy, ment- their well-being mm-hmm. is as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. Days lost per year, I think it was something like, don't, well, I'm going to quote myself, so I'm going to say don't <laughs> quote me, but I think, yeah. <laughs> I recall it being something like 29 days per year is, it can be lost with people with poor mental health as well. Yeah. So if you're really worried about your business, then it makes total sense to ensure that you've got a mental healthy and mentally mm-hmm. well-being uh, uh, workforce. I mean, those figures are pretty staggering, actually. And the only reason I ask that is just when you look at it from all the different angles, whether it's the economic angle or the, the exactly. people angle, I just think there's a strong case for it either way. Absolutely. Um, and I, I was going to touch on the kind of policy aspect of it at national level obviously you head up the national rural mental health forum i'm just wondering if you could tell me a bit more about that sle is obviously a a part of that i think we could probably be even more involved than than we are and it's something we're going to do but um just yeah what 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 do you do and what change absolutely so the national rural mental health forum started off April 2017, after that research I, I mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. so And the Scottish Government support us with this. They help us do that. So um, it's part of the 2017-2027 the mental health strategy, which is being reviewed at the moment. So it's one of the action points on that. So they recognise rural as being different. Previous to uh, COVID, we met quarterly, thanks to the Royal Highland Show Society. We met at Ingleston. They very gratefully supported us by doing that. We were at the rural at the Highland Show itself as well. We have a prominent stand there. Mm-hmm. Again, thanks to the Highland Show Society <laughs> and the team there um, for recognising the difference that can make. But since since COVID, we, we've, we've went online. And, and, and today, this being in October, but in, today um, we had our 43rd online seminar with over 100 people registered. So sort of thing we do, it's knowledge exchange. Because mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about before, People want to people that we talked to early doors and organisations really wanted to do something to tackle mental health and well-being. They all recognised that the 
someone or somebody close to them or um, nearby was uh, had experiences of it, some people themselves, but they were frightened to tackle it because they didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. So we get, get organisations together with the knowledge, so um, mental health charities, policy as well, so we get government people in there so that they, we make sure that rural sticks stays high on their agenda. Because sometimes our urban neighbours forget that and think that mm-hmm. think that rural Scotland is a rural idyll because that's what they see when they drive out to it. It's not <laughs> always the case. Deprivation yeah. happens in rural areas as well as uh, other um, economic issues, if you like. So it's very much about um, knowledge exchange, um, ensuring building that sort of resilience, raising mm-hmm. awareness, tact, so that or other organisations can can tackle etc. Tackle uh, mental health. We inform policy, so we also further research as well. So we get involved in lots of research stuff on mental health mm-hmm. because we're still at an early stage of um, understanding everything. Mm-hmm. Suicide prevention's in there, self-harm's in there as well, tackling self-harm, etc. Um, and there's a new government strategy for that. So very much about that sort of influential thing. But the most important part for me is raising awareness and building resilience through whole host of uh, online seminars which are about monthly mm-hmm. during covid we were twice a month it was mm-hmm. it was a busy time um but uh, monthly at the moment i was on your website earlier and the vision statement of change is, is is pretty powerful for anyone who who doesn't know it's a future where no one needs to face mental illness alone and that's it's a pretty punchy goal what's your kind of plans to as you work towards achieving that well, vision well, we support a lot of people with, with very poor mental illness. We really, and will continue to do that. That's yeah. really important for us. And we also support their carers because it's really important that carers mm-hmm. are, are, are supported to support their others. That's that that's that's our core, if you like, and mm-hmm. that will never go. Um, but what for us is that um, we can really make it everyone's business to tackle mental illness. It's not just NHS. Very mm-hmm. easy to point your finger at the NHS mm-hmm. and, and the different governments to say they could do more. Yes, of course they could do more, but so can all of we. And we just sort of go back, reflect on what you could do at your in your home or your community mm-hmm. or your family or, or your business. Mm-hmm. What are some of the telltale signs, for example, that a member of my family or someone in my workplace might need me to... You know, you, offer a hand. Yeah, so you 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 can't always tell. So yeah. Yeah. every single in, individual human being is 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 totally different. Mm-hmm. But changes in behaviour, uh, somebody being angry, maybe they swore at you this time and you, that was out of character. You might think, well, okay, fine, what's their issue? But maybe it's something that's really bothering them. Mm-hmm. Envelopes not opened. So if you're getting into a little bit of a worry about monies, you stop opening envelopes and bills and stuff. Um, we can't go over all the all the mm-hmm. things. It's just any real change in, in behaviour mm-hmm. might might mean that there's um, a mental health issue or there's anxiety starting or or, or mm-hmm. depression. Not coming out, not when it would be normal to come mm-hmm. out. You know, not going to the bowling or or, or, or whatever else or the curling or whatever you might do in mm-hmm. in, in the winter months mm-hmm. where you maybe did in the, in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, livestock as well. So I mean. We often hear about sad cases of animals not lo- being looked after, which is not what people in the country are doing. So that's ninety nine percent probably a, a mental health issue mm-hmm. if the, the the person's unable to look after the, the their animals. So um, just becomes too much for for yeah. that individual. Yeah, I mean, so it's uh, looking a little bit deeper behind some of the issues that you might see as uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, quietness or yeah, withdrawing. Yeah. 
In a world where so much of our interactions, including this podcast, although we're recording in person, but we'll go out digitally. I know like my interactions with friends or even our interactions as an organization with members is 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 online. It's in a it's in a virtual world. Do you think that makes it one harder to kind of pick up on some of these things and and two increased likelihood of some of these men- mental health challenges. Yes and no. So <laughs> so men- uh, digital helps a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We can engage with a lot more people digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a great benefit to it. Um, negative side to that is that that's fine for some, but then there are others who may be digitally excluded. They may not mm-hmm. have broadband in their area. There are still some yeah. not spots in Scotland, I'm afraid. So that makes it difficult. And I'm talking about mobile coverage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some people with poor mental health, maybe they don't have the financial wherewithal to buy the actual equipment. So that means they can't go online. And then there is also a trust thing as well with mm-hmm. some individuals with, with poor mental health and others, of course. Um, maybe someone's had a negative effect experience with uh, Facebook or social media and therefore they feel going online is going to be difficult for them Mm -hmm. so we know that that can be a barrier so what I'm saying there it it helps a lot of people Mm -hmm. it can't help everybody so we have to think of all the different ways and different angles in person and and online Mm -hmm. I'm all for more digital uh, because you can really bring people together when when great distances are mm-hmm. within uh, w- within the rural areas, and that's maybe the another point I should have made mm-hmm. earlier, the e difference with rural is of course access to services. They can be some distance away, yeah. and if you especially if you don't if you don't have access to your own vehicle and there's no public transport, then you can be very isolated and lonely, and that's obviously mm-hmm. can um, build up to um, a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. The isolation and loneliness as well, I think, is probably why it's even more important that your community, your neighbours, your employer, you have a form of support or safety or at least awareness there. Everybody has to engage with someone, even if it's just the postie or Mm -hmm. wherever they buy their food. Mm -hmm. There must be someone there. And if if every, I know this is a dream, but if every individual (laughs) has a, has, has a, a bit knowledge about mental health Mm -hmm. and about, and confidence to approach Mm -hmm. someone, then I think that's quite powerful. Definitely. I think it's even things like the postman. Like I grew up in I grew up in Edinburgh, I now live rurally. When I grew up in Edinburgh, the postman dropped your parcels at your door and that was it. Now the part the postman it's not uncommon for him to stand and chat to me for five, ten minutes. You know, his yep. round must take him forever. <laughs> do you know? Well it's maybe you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but that kind of interaction with with a an individual coming to your farm or your rural location it might only be the postman but actually the fact that they do stop and speak is is probably incredibly valuable for Abs- many people's ab- mental health absolutely just to, everybody's in you know these people are interacting with so many people mm-hmm. and quite often are, are in a great space themselves to recognize a bit difference you know mm-hmm. and something something's not quite right it's kind of gut instinct instinct sometimes yeah. so yeah the posties the posties are invaluable <laughs> but you know, as are other others that are going yeah. around or, and and about in, in, in rural areas. Mm-hmm. From the point of view of an employer or um, you know within a workplace, just you know colleagues and your peers in a workplace, what advice would you give to um, anyone working or, or managing in a workplace on how to deal with if somebody approached them? Yeah, with well, poor mental health. That's a bit. It's a it's a it's a really great point because um, it's a, that's an important thing because mm-hmm. it's quite if 
can be quite an anxious thing for someone to disclose and that point of disclosure is really important you don't want you want to firstly listen to that person mm-hmm. believe them mm-hmm. do not judge them mm-hmm. don't do not do not state that you know you're okay because you've got x y and z going on in your life you've got a lovely big farm or an estate etc mm-hmm. it can happen with anyone yeah. mm-hmm. so believing someone's really really important listening is really really important listen to some of the key messages that that person is is bringing out and don't try and jump to a a solution on that day Mm -hmm. to get it all fixed because this is a long-term thing so keep that conversation going with them that day the next day and the days ongoing so just be there for them Mm -hmm. they've trusted you so you have to uh, ensure that you keep that trust with them don't fill in those blank spaces when people are quiet when you're having that conversation. It's kind of a natural thing to do, but yeah. try not to do that because they're just needing that time to get their thoughts together. If it's an emergency, you think there's there's a threat to life, then please phone 999. Mm-hmm. You can never not do that properly mm-hmm. if there really is because I have to state, you know, mental health is a very broad spectrum mm-hmm. and, and suicidal ideation is, at, you know, at, the, at one of those levels of that spectrum so if if that is the case then it's always right to ask if someone has um, suicidal thoughts and thereafter ask them if they have a plan if there is a plan then please call the 999 emergency Mm -hmm. services i guess what you're what you're saying jim is kind of maybe not physically because it's maybe not as appropriate but it's kind of um accepting what they're saying with a warm embrace of yeah of whatever is most appropriate yeah Absolutely, yeah. It's really important. That point of disclosure, mm-hmm. we can't always get it right, you know, but if, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. try and do your best, that, that yeah. that's fantastic. But um, that point of disclosure is really important to make sure that you're supportive of that person mm-hmm. and empathetic as possible. Yeah. And is there a, a difference, do you see, or probably in your research, a difference in how men and women would reach out? Well, yeah, so we did, that was part of, part of that research mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, strangely enough, and... Um, online uh, seem to be where males tended to go for mm-hmm. for the for when they first felt that their mental illness was uh, starting to bother them, and uh, females tended to go tended to go to their um, uh, networks, their friend networks, etc. So there are differences, but that doesn't mean say that's always going to be the case. Of course, people are always different. You mm-hmm. just never know when somebody's going to disclose or or feel that they need to, need to reach out mm-hmm. to someone. Yeah, you never know when the time's going to be right. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back, right, right back at the beginning, Jim, you said that you do work with teachers in, in schools. And I can think of almost nothing worse than being a teenager in this day and age, to be honest. I think it would be incredibly difficult. But do you see differences in kind of rural and urban school environments, the, the way that kind of, you know, I, I'm just thinking like pressures of social media and all of those things. I know how they affect urban kids. You can read about that quite quite freely but is the same true in rural is it different how, how I think, do you I think with social media it, it can be a great thing mm-hmm. and, and personally I, I love my Facebook and keeping connected <laughs> with my mm-hmm. people that I probably wouldn't be able to connect with yeah. or, or keep those conversations and yeah. just those little likes of little chats and mm-hmm. f- for friends in, in, in UK and across, across the world you know people you've yeah. met it's, it's really quite nice it can be a, a negative bullying place yeah. um, we don't have stats on the difference between mm-hmm. urban and rural but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that it can actually happen in, in, in any environment mm-hmm. where there's uh, the ability to get online t- uh, to be honest yeah. but unfortunately 
so, so nothing's black and white. Yeah. Social media can be really useful and can really make some lonely people very mm-hmm. uh, connected, if you like, but it also can be used uh, bullying it. And where it has been, I think, it has been a negative experience that can lead on to people um, being frightened to go online mm-hmm. so much um, for other support that other they support. could get, um, which is important that they do, of course. Well, I think we are good to wrap up. So I just wanted to say thank you so much, Tim, for coming to see us and sharing your expertise and giving us your time. And I think as well, just helping us to see the importance of connecting just generally, but also connecting um, whether it's employers or people experiencing poor, poor mental health to the right resources and the right people. So I think what is really important to say at the end of this, if you listening or somebody you know has been impacted by poor mental health and want more information and need to reach out we have put some resources in our show notes and in the um, podcast description as always um, change mental health is there to um, offer that support as well Oh, that's great. Thank you very much to Scottish Land and Estates for continuing to take an interest. They've been involved since the very beginning of the National Rural Mental Health Forum and that's been really, really um, supportive of us. So we're very grateful to that. It is everyone's business to tackle mental illness. It's not not just the health services mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mental health charities like ourselves. Obviously, it's our core part, but it's, um, we can all do a little bit and or a lot. And if what you do maybe just support someone or prevent someone getting uh, more ill, then then that then that's uh, uh, very noble indeed. So yeah. very happy to help. And as I said, Change Mental Health are dedicated to supporting people with me- poor mental illness, but they're also dedicated to prevention and support within yeah. communities so that no one faces mental illness alone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Sarah, Hannah and Jim for this important and timely discussion. As mentioned during the conversation, if you or someone you know are struggling with mental health issues, links to resources are available in the description of this episode. As always, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Scotland Matters, but if you have any questions, please remember that members of Scottish Land and Estates have access to dedicated support, information and advice over the phone and via email from our policy team please feel free to get in touch. And if you aren't already subscribed to Scotland Matters on your preferred streaming platform, now is the perfect time to do so. There are still plenty of episodes to come before the end of the year, and we hope you'll join us again next time.